From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. This indeed is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad to welcome in Edie Wood, the uh, principal at Mount St. Mary's in Grass Valley, the beautiful city of Grass Valley. Edie, good day to have to have you on the radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Grass Valley, did you get rain yesterday? Did you get rain today? Yes, we had a lot of rain yesterday. And today we've had some hail and some rain, and <laughs> right now it's uh, dried up a little bit, so we can go outside and play, so which is nice. That's great. That's great. Well, Edie, tell us tell us about this, I guess, historic school to begin with. Um, well, yes, it's a very special school. Um, so I'm out of breath. I just was on the playground <laughs> doing yard duty, and I came, I came running inside, and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to catch my breath. So. I remember, I remember <laughs> the last time as a parent I had, you know, playground duty, volunteer kind of stuff, and the kids were playing kickball, and it was like, oh, I'm, I was in yes. worse shape than I thought I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, today I was trying to show them how to do the skip, uh, the skip rope, you know, where you put oh, the little... Yeah hoop around your ankle and <laughs> and so right before I uh, took the call I was out there doing skip <laughs> skip rope do you have an oxygen <laughs> tank there in your in your room <laughs> yeah, exactly I was thinking oh gosh I'm probably not the person to show them how to do this but <laughs> um, yeah no it's a very special school um, 1859 was uh, the beginning of the school and um, Sisters of Mercy started our school, so we try um, to really focus on, you know, keeping the traditions of the Sisters of Mercy alive in all that we do um, academically and spiritually and just being an active member of our community. So, um, so yeah, we have a long history in Nevada County, and we feel pretty honored to um, be a part of, our, of their mission. So in 1859, I think the Mercy Sisters first came to Sacramento like 1857, something like that, and made their way up the hill. Uh, what in the initial school? What were they? You know, what grade levels were they teaching, et cetera? If they even had grade levels at that time, right? So they originally it started out as an orphanage. So Father Dalton had contacted um, Sister. Um, uh, Macaulay and said, you know, we would like, this is a really important thing that is needed for the community, and we'd like you to, you know, bring the sisters to Grass Valley. And so um, so at the time, it was uh, an or- mostly an orphanage, and so a place for the sisters took care of a lot of the children in the community. Um, and, you know, especially during the mining time, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of families that couldn't afford um, to take care of their children or they were working in the mines. Um, and so they, um, so that was kind of how the school started as the orphanage and then, um, a place where they can, you know, teach the children. And then, uh, the building that we're in now was, is, was like 1924 mm-hmm. and they built it originally for it to be a finishing school for girls, um, because they used that to help bring the income in for the orphanage and to take care of the, the children um, and the needs of, of the younger the younger children. Um, and then it was also a business college, so the same thing with this, this, this building. It was then a business college because, again, just the whole thing was to be able to fund and support the children of the community. Um, and then, uh, then they, they had a high school. So they had the elementary school and the high school. And then in the 60s, the high school closed, and so there was just the elementary school. Okay, so there's none of the original buildings from 1859 still standing, or are there? Um, I don't, the cultural center, which is like on our same property, um, it's not, you know, it's not run by the school. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure, I have to look and see what the date of that building is, so it is older than our current building, our um, 
or brick building. Um, it's definitely older than than this one, but I'm not sure what the date is for that original building. I'll have to next time I'm on, I'll have an answer for you. <laughs> so, but you're at the site. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> are you at the original site? We are. Yes. yes. Wow. And yeah. Grass they Valley kind of has. Yeah, it, it, you have the great history there, and that that city of Grass Valley has such a great history. It does, yeah. It's a wonderful community, just very supportive, and um, it's just a wonderful place to to live and to raise your children. So um, we're like a little gem in, inside this bigger gem, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, it's that's... like you know, it's such a special school and just in in such a special town. Yeah, so, so there's a lot to offer. So. D- d- Talk about uh, the pandemic and how you, you know, we were just talking uh, uh, the other day with Lincoln Snyder, who used to be the superintendent here and then uh, is now the head of all the Catholic school organization in in, uh, uh, the D.C. area, and he lives in Virginia. Um, And he was, we were talking about the test scores and uh, how well Catholic schools had done during the pandemic. Oh, yes. I know we miss Lincoln. He was, um, we love Katie, our new superintendent, um, but I think Lincoln was so great during the pandemic, just really seeing a vision for the schools and making sure that we had what we needed, um, you know, and, and the support we needed to continue operating. So um, it was a challenging time for so, you know, for so many. Um, for us, we, you know, obviously had closed that same a period of time from like March to you know, May or June when the end of the school year. And then we, um, as a faculty, just really committed to having in-person learning. So um, we just really focused on how to do that. And at the time, we opened the first week um, of that next school year. We opened that first week of August because they had, the governor had put out some guidelines. If we were in a certain tier color, we could open. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just really, um, you know, did our due diligence and made sure that we were ready to open. So we opened the first week of August, and we never closed after wow. that. Wow, you know, it, it's it's interesting because uh, you weren't you weren't rule breakers or stretching the rules. You were strictly following the rules, and and it allowed you to open. Yeah, just following the rules and trying to be really diligent and just mm-hmm. communicating out to the children and the parents of you know, why it's so important that we, you know, follow the rules and be in the guidelines and, um, and, and that we are fully committed to being in person. So if everybody can, if everybody can just kind of stay in line with that, then, you know, we'll be able to stay open and, um, and we were able to. So um, we didn't close. We did, you know, um, we followed the quarantine and all those different, different rules that were out there. But, right. um, but really we just made sure that we, um were able to be in person, and then new students that we welcomed in um, that you know didn't weren't as blessed to be you know in school the entire time. Uh, we we hired some extra staff to make sure that we could support them um, and meet them kind of where they were at in their um, educational journey, so we could get them to where you know they could continue being successful. Um, so having being able to have that extra staff was really. Um, important like a really key piece as well was was that a financial strain to bring on extra staff uh it was definitely in the beginning because you you know you just we weren't sure what was going to happen parents were kind of leery like well what if you guys shut down again and you know we're paying tuition and so you know it was tricky to to kind of balance all of um everyone's concerns but um i think that the parents really did have that sense of um, you know that there was a commitment here from the teachers and and administration too, and and in the diocese in general. You know the super the Catholic school department that um, they were very supportive of us being open and and making sure we had what we needed. So I mean we just kind of took a leap of faith, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely was you know uh, something that was of a concern was how can we you know pay for these extra salaries? But it was something we had to do. So and and I think it. Everybody benefited from that. So are you back to what you would call normal? Are there things that you did during the pandemic that you figured out, this actually works pretty well, we're going to stick with it? Or did you just are you back to where you were pre-pandemic? 
I, I think if you if you look at like the sense of um, we all realize how important technology is, and we live in a community where you know families aren't real real excited about students being on computers, you know, a lot of the day or at home, and so um, so I think we we were able to find a balance and kind of um, help families understand you know the importance of making sure that they are you know able to. Uh, do some work on the computer and have a better understanding of the computer and how it can support them in their learning. So I think in a lot of ways we kept some of that going, but we definitely needed to find a balance between, um, you know, between regular traditional textbooks and, um, but also continuing to learn more about the computer and how it can aid in our learning um, and not just have them on computer all day. So I think technology has been something that we've continued to grow and, and to utilize um, more effectively, which has been, I think, a blessing. Um, but yeah, we are back to, you know, having events. We had a, our traditional hoedown and we had, you know, 550 people in our back parking lot celebrating, wow. you know, the start of the school year. And, um, and so, and just having a really good time and, and getting to, I think families really miss that connectiveness that you have through your school and especially, you know, a Catholic school where, you know, um, the important, there's a, there's an important part of being a part of the community and volunteering. And so I think everybody has really enjoyed you know, that part of, of getting back to um, being a community and being able to be together. I know that uh, community service is, is always important to our Catholic schools. How did, how did you handle that and how are you handling it now? Um, that's a really good question. It, yeah, it was. We still did some of the things that we would normally do, but just tried to, you know, things like um, seventh grade would like to, they organize um, like peanut butter and jelly drives and mm-hmm. and soup drives. So some of those things we were able to do, where you know we could collect and then drop it off to um, to the site. But yeah, going and volunteering was a little tricky during that time. Um, we're back to you know helping with. Um, uh, some of the homeless shelters where they, you know, mm-hmm. provide dinners and stuff. So our eighth, seventh, and eighth graders help uh, serve um, a couple times of, of school year. So we're back to helping in person, which is nice for the children um, to see that, to see not just that we're giving money, but you know that we're giving of our time and and our talents as well. So uh, we've been able to put that some of that back into the the school year. So that's been really nice to do. Do you, and nice for them. Your, do your graduates, is, is it too far to go to a Catholic high school for most of them, too, too, huff, too tough of a commute or not? Um, it's, you know, there's a bus that picks up in Lake of the Pines, which is about, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 20, 25 minutes, 20, uh, about 20 minutes um, down the hill from us so that you can pick up a bus there that will take you down um, to the Catholic schools. And I mean, we've had, you know, we've had, Times where we've had five students between Jesuit and, and um, five to seven students that were at, you know, between Jesuit and St. Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Brothers were a little bit too far, you know, for most of our families. Um, and a lot of times we'll arrange carpools. Um, my daughter was in a carpool when she went to St. Francis, mm-hmm. which was really nice because we could share in at least that morning trip. Sure. Once they start doing sports, that was a little tricky. We'd have yeah. to. drive down for that but yeah there's you know a lot of times we've had families that commute together and and the bus has been helpful to take as well so So. the bus is just it doesn't go around and pick up kids it's it's one spot bring them to that spot and then exactly and drops them off yeah so i think it comes all the way up to uh the lake of the pines area and then there's Mm -hmm. an auburn stop and then there's like different stops all the way to the campus that they pick up so that's a real commitment though isn't it locations it is a key, it is, but you know, it's, um, for like, for my oldest that went there, it was such a rewarding experience for her, and, and that's, I think, what most, most of the children that have attended there, you know, if you ask them, they would tell you it was worth it, yeah. um, that they enjoyed their experience there. And you do have some great public high schools in your area as well. We do, we do, yeah. It, it, it is nice to continue. Oh, um, Sure. Yeah. To continue to be in the same, you know, keeping with the traditions and just, yep. you know, 
the importance of having your faith in at school, I think, is just a real blessing. Oh, it is so. completely, and uh, God bless all those that uh, made the sacrifice to make it happen. And yeah, it's yeah, a, no, it's it's a, it's a nice um, option, even though it is a little, you know, further for our families to go or to travel. But um, I think it is a nice option for them. And Jesuit and St. Francis are great. They they come up here and they present. Mm-hmm. You know, they present to the, the students and let them know what they can offer. And um, and so I think that's really nice for the kids to see as well. And they'll do shadow days for our kids to go down and, and get an up-close personal experience with it. So that's really nice. Have you had any of your students attend Crystal Ray? Uh, no, that's pretty far down the hill for us. Yeah, it's 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 a ways. Yeah. And, and also <laughs> has that work requirement in one day a week. And yeah. Probably. Yeah, I actually think a lot of our families would like that. Those, uh, I think that concept, but um, but for us, that's that is definitely a lot further. Yeah, um, no, it is a great concept. Away. It's it's amazing how how well that has uh, taken off in Sacramento and and and, and around the country as well. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit, uh, just to, just about your school and the student body and the faculty. Uh, we have a great, like, uh, our enrollment this year is about two, 230, 225, so that's a pretty good uh, enrollment number for us um, in our area. And so, um, and our teachers are very dedicated. They put a lot of time and effort into doing extra things on campus, um, like cooking club and garden club and um they organize student council and robotics in the morning. They do electives, and, you know, that is just all sort of extra things that mm-hmm. they do to support um, coaching. What's really special is uh, this last year I had a lot of the alumni come back and, and take on different roles at school. Um, some of them were subbing. A lot of I had a couple of them that were working on their master's. And so they would, um, you know, while they're going to school, they were uh, coming back and substitute teaching for us. Um, We had some that were coaching for us. Um, Two of them that would, or let's see, I had a handful that were doing some summer classes for us, some sports camps. Um, And so that's been, that's just a really wonderful thing to see that you're, you know, that your alum want to come back and, and support and give back to the the student body. So I think that's pretty special. Um, so we've enjoyed seeing them come in and work in the school. And, and the kids always ask, when is Miss Emily coming? When's Miss mm-hmm. Emily coming back? <laughs> um, it's really cute to see. So, um, you know, we really, really um, feel blessed and appreciative that they want to come back and volunteer and contribute to their, to their school. So robotics has kind of taken over the world. Uh, it has become such a popular program in the schools. It is. The children really love it. And there's so many different components to that, you know. Um, and so many. So I think, you know, children who have interests in not just the science, but, you know, working with your hands and knowing mm-hmm. how, things, how things operate. And um, I think it's really wonderful to see them sort of light up in this in that environment where they're trying to figure out how things work and how to make things work. So um, we also have a, uh, one of our electives is a surveying. We've had a surveyor, uh, um, civil engineer who's come out and led a, a surveying class, which has been really great for the kids to get that another like way to get the hands-on uh, experience and see how things work out in the real world. Wow. So how does that <laughs> work? Why. How does the surveying uh, so, class work? So he, uh, that particular class, he it, we have electives on Friday, so he comes out and, you know, he showed him all the equipment, even from just like the GPS equipment to the, um, you know, to the drones and flying the drones and what you can, mm-hmm. like what you do with that information. Um, he did a whole compass activity with them the other day, so teaching him how to use the compass and find locations on campus. Um, and so just, you know, the, the practical side of, of surveying and why it's important. Um, we also have a, a, a gaming class, so learning how to develop uh, uh, some software and a gaming mm-hmm. um, unit. So for an elective, so they, they're doing that as well. 
and um, and then there's a I can't think of the name of it, but there's a software that the students can um, can get, and there's they do some stock trading, and mm-hmm. so we've, they've been learning a little bit about stocks, and there's a little competition going on in the junior <laughs> high <laughs> regarding stocks. So they do kind of like that real life, you know, real world. Uh, um, activity and kind of critical thinking stuff. So it, it's been that's been really fun to see them um, get excited about those. Well, those it's, it's it's interesting too with um, one of, one of my whoop, one of my sons did uh, uh, in in uh, his high school did a, like some kind of a stock. You know, they had stocks and they follow them and stuff. And the thing yes. the thing that was interesting about it was it wasn't just financial because stocks are tied to not just the economy, but they're tied to world events and all right. kinds of things. You know, something happens in China and somebody, some stock that maybe one of these kids has plunges or goes up, you know, and you go, wait a minute. And so they started paying attention to the whole picture. Exactly. You know, yeah, even exactly. the weather, you know, the weather is affecting my stock. You know, it was. <laughs> right. Yes, it's, it's interesting for them that when they start to make those connections, yeah. uh, we also have a, a money marketing um, uh, um, or money management. Sorry, it's an elective money management. And so he talks to them, you know, he starts with their personal, like their personal goals or personal, you know, money management. And then they end up, you know, kind of deciding on a business and they, they come up with like a business plan. And then they, so last year they made, um, they kind of put into action selling cookies mm-hmm. and, um, and doing like a little cookie business. And then I think this year, one of the electives is uh, bread, bread making. And so they're going to buddy up with the bread making um, elective and they're going to do some, <laughs> some sort of business plan with that. So <laughs> and market it to the students. So, um, so yeah, it's really nice when you can make those connections, you know, and it, it does tie to academics, but um, but it, it gives them some skills that are a little bit bigger than just the classroom. So yeah, and you you never there. know what what just turns a kid on, you know, and 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 really gets all cylinders firing, if you will. Yes, no, and it's you know it it is. It's really interesting to see what kids gravitate to towards or. You never thought there would be a student who would be interested in something, and then they, they're in that elective, and they get really excited about it. So it is really fun to watch that, you know, by providing some different opportunities for the students, how, how engaged and how interested they become in, in things that they probably never would have thought about before. Because, you know, what we want, that's the purpose, you know. I remember when <laughs> so. I was a little kid, I was fascinated with numbers, and it led to two things. My dad would let me stay up on election night. This is back in the days when the, you could see the, 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 they had one big ticker and it kept turning with numbers, yeah. you know. And I was so fascinated with that that I got interested in politics, you know. And the same right. thing with sports. I was fascinated with scoreboards, you know, and, right. because they had numbers, you know. Right. And, right. And, and those kinds of things, I see it in my own kids, you know, the, the thing, you know, you, you took them to some some event or some and, and it was it wasn't what you know, you were just out for entertainment or something. And something happened that they got really interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's I think the more we can bring that, you know, bring those different opportunities into school, yep. you know, the better it is for them. Because, again, we're we, we're trying to shape the whole the whole person, right. you know, so from their faith to their academics to their interests. So the more they have that exposure, um, it's so positive for them. And it's, you know, I think it's really eye-opening. We have a photography class for electives. Um, and so they're looking at old, you know, and how to develop film, not just our, you know, our little camera phones. <laughs> so, um, and we have an elective um, that's also yearbook. So one of the moms is doing that. And it's just great because it's just exposing them to so many, um, so many different things. So, um, that's been really fun to watch their excitement um, with the electives. Talk about you know, the, the the faith element and how you sort of integrate that through the curriculum. I think you know it just comes up all. I mean, that's the blessing of being in a Catholic school is that there's so many opportunities in the day for that to, you know, to come up mm-hmm. um, about you know always being you know working towards always being the best version of yourself, and so. You know, what does that look like? So even when we're talking about behavior, you know, it just, 
it just lends itself to your choices and what what's a good choice versus not a good choice and how do your choices affect you and other people you know so it kind of comes up throughout the day and then um you know of course we have our religion classes um where it's you know more focused but um you know we start our day with morning assembly so we all gather in the hallway together and we you know say the pledge of allegiance and a teacher will you know read the gospel of the day and kind of relate it to the children or they'll talk about a virtue that we're working on that month and some examples you know what is it what does it look like when you're you know, showing gratitude, you know, what does it sound like when you're showing appreciation and, um, you know, or what does it look like to, uh, to practice docility, you know, that willingness to learn. Um, and so, you know, that's, we have these opportunities throughout the day, but we start our day that way, which is like, I mean, it's my favorite time of the day. You have this captive audience that's so excited about <laughs> being together and, you know, what a great way to start our day, you know, um, we can't go to mass every day, but <laughs> we can have this this beautiful prayer time together um, and pray for people that, you know, might need some extra prayers. Um, we say the rosary, you know, divine mm-hmm. mercy. Um, and, you know, we go to mass on Fridays together and we sit with our buddy classes. And so you have, you know, a seventh grader sitting at mass with our little uh, tea tayer, you know, and so it's like, what a beautiful way to celebrate um, together at church, you know, is to be, with our, you know, big siblings and little siblings. And so, um, and even like we had Halloween, you know, we did a trunk or treat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Halloween's always kind of one of those funny, <laughs> funny holidays, but <laughs> it's like, you don't know what you think exactly, but, um, but you know, it's for the kids. So we did this little trunk or treat. And what was so sweet is we started out with our morning assembly like usual. And so, but we sat in our faith family. So we have these faith families, every eighth grader, uh, I think there's two eighth graders in each group. Um, they're like the head of the family, right? And so they they come up with a saint a saint that they want to, um, you know, that their faith family is going to um, be a part of. And so they teach them about the saint, and they they make these little posters and they put them on like a little stick, you know. So everywhere they go, they kind of lead with this little uh, saint poster. And so you know, so we had our you know our prayer service in the morning, our morning assembly, and then we gathered in our faith families, and we went out to our trunk or treat in our faith families. And so I thought, okay, well that was a really nice way to sort of weave in our faith while we're doing this <laughs> trick or treating thing. <laughs> so you know, it's like any of those ways that we can find opportunities to just kind of blend and make it natural, you know, to make it just yep. part of who we are. Um, because then you're living it each and every day and you don't even know it. It's just, you're just developing these, these faithful habits, you know, um, when you're praying at lunch and you're praying the rosary and those are things that you might not do mm-hmm. if you're not at school with us, you know, or at a Catholic school. So, um, I think those are really special moments that we're so blessed to be able to incorporate into our day. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I fully understand why we, can't have prayer in the public schools. And, um, I mean, I understand it, you know, I mean, which prayer are you going to pray? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid the school district in my town would not pick a prayer, not pick the, my favorite (laughs) prayer. (laughs) Like, Oh, I'm all in favor of school prayer. And you guys went and picked this, you know, but, uh, um, it, the, the, we, the world would be such a better place if everybody, not just school kids, but if everybody had just had a 15 minutes in the morning to just sit and pray and talk to the creator, hey, I mean, and, you know? Yes. What, like, like what a great way to just sort of collect yourself, have yeah. that quiet moment with Jesus. You know, it's like it's not um, we're always in the hustle and bustle of the day. And, yeah. I just you know, we feel so blessed that we get that you know, those 10, 15 minutes in the morning of just, you know, having kind of that contemplation and then having like a, a focused, you know, things to think about throughout your day. Um, it's just such a great way to start your day. It is. My, my, my kids know, <laughs> don't, 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 don't talk to dad until he's halfway through his coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I see them peering into my coffee cup to see how much I've had. <laughs> Is this a good time to talk, to start a conversation with Dad? <laughs> nope, a little bit longer. <laughs> don't don't ask me to help you with your homework before I've had my coffee. <laughs> oh 
my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. But, I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone I, I, trying to find that time to just, you know, um, I, I remember one, one of my daughters um, um, who's, who's a, a freshman at City College, Sac- Sacramento City College, but she goes to the campus, which is in Davis, and she went to a Newman retreat and um they had you know uh uh you know they prayed the rosary and just you know um eucharistic adoration and she was just she said it was so nice to sit there in adoration you know she's Mm -hmm. she really you know she was just a busy high school kid and you know always going and and she said it was just so nice. I said, "Hey, we can we can do that every day." You know. Mm-hmm. You know it's it was, true. It's true. And it, but you know, yeah, we just have to remind ourselves. You know that we just have to take a few moments for ourselves to have that quiet yep. contemplation time. You know. I mean, we do that on um, Fridays. We have we end mass on Friday, and then we do we just stay a little bit, and, and Father does adoration with us. So, you know, that's that's been really nice because it's intentional Mm -hmm. and the students know you know we're going to stay after and you know and have that little bit of prayer time that we build into the week you know besides the morning assembly um and that's really nice because that's a very quiet (laughs) uh that's a very quiet and focused time so yeah it's just it's so important and we um yeah and we just we don't always do it we have to be reminded we need to be reminded that's right well, Edie, it is always so good to, to talk with you, and I, I know all those kids up there are in great hands, and uh, um, you must have done something right somewhere uh, to get to live in Grass Valley. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty blessed. Sometimes I find myself, you know, grumbling, and I think, oh, my gosh, like I get to work with children all day. Yep. They're absolutely amazing, you know, little people that just, you know, just I can't imagine doing anything else, and then... And parents entrust me with them, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. great. Uh, and yeah, and I look out my window, and and we got trees surrounding us, and rain and snow, and yeah. and uh, sunshine. So yeah, it is. It's a pretty special place, and I feel very blessed to be here. So yeah, I know we're, we're down in the valley, and every time we see you know the snow level come down to Grass Valley, sometimes even to Auburn or Placerville, mm-hmm. and we go, wow, oh man, we're jealous, you know. <laughs> Yes, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a treat. So we, um, you know, we we love it, and we're uh, sad when we don't have it. So we're hoping for a a wet and foggy winter. So yes, indeed, yes, definitely indeed. need it. Well, Edie, well, thank you thanks. for having me. Well, thank you, and thanks for all you do, and uh, God bless you and your family and your students, and uh, I'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Oh, sounds great. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks, Edie. That's uh, Edie Wood, who's the principal at Mount St. Mary's uh, in Grass Valley, uh, uh, one of the oldest schools uh, west of the Mississippi, started in 1859. We'll uh, take a break, a quick break. We'll be back with more on a Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located 
located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Hi, this is Brian Visitation, Director of Media and Communications for the Diocese of Sacramento. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Brian, for that great introduction, for all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we are pleased to welcome in uh, Tiffany Preciosa from uh, uh, the great t- great city of Chico. Uh, Tiffany, good day to you. Good day. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, did I say your last name correctly? Yes. Oh, good. Well, wonderful. <laughs> We're off to a good start, aren't we? Yes. Uh, you, you're one of the uh, featured stories in the uh, the. Uh, Catholic Herald, the Preciosa family, and what a beautiful picture of the the five of you uh, discovers faith, holiness in the church. Tell us, tell us a little bit about about this. I mean, it's a very open and candid story. Yes, we. I'm new to the faith. It's been now um, a year in September since I came into the Catholic religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started kind of on my own self healing journey. Um, a few years ago, and during all that healing, um, I don't know, it just, all of a sudden I had a thought in my head, and I started talking to my husband, and I said, I want to know more about, you know, the faith that you grew up in, and mm-hmm. and what it's like, and, you know, why don't we just check it out and see if it's something that we want to do um, for ourselves and with the kids, and that's when we decided to make the phone call over here to, um, to St. John's, and I was linked up with Lori. Um, who runs the RCIA program, and my husband and I were a little bit hesitant. I had really negative um, experiences with religion growing up. I was part of the um, Baptist church, and then my grandma went to Pentecostal, and we kind of just bounced around everywhere. Um, But there was a lot of hate preached in that. Um, And so for many years I was like, "Mm, I don't really want to, I don't want to have my kids around that. I don't want to do that. And so when I came in and met Lori, my first question was, you know, what's your guys' view on um, homosexuality or, um, you know, on people of transgender? Because the church that I was at had taught, you know, more hatred and not just loving and accepting. Yes, it is sin. I get that. Um, but I have family members who are transgendered, and something just didn't feel right um, inside of me saying, you know what, I hate you, and I need to basically, like, pray the gay out of you. And um, when I spoke to her, she said, we don't teach hatred at all. This is a safe space for everyone, and everyone's welcome in church. Now maybe somebody wouldn't be able to um, partake in communion because they're still actively living in their sin. But I just thought it was so beautiful that it wasn't, um, I didn't feel like there was hatred being bred there. Um, And then she got me more and more involved in our CIA um, we brought the kids in, and um, I found out that we could do meditation in church. Um, we went through this program called the Backpack, and it was all about um, healing and setting up boundaries and healing those wounds that we have so deep in our hearts. And through that, it just brought you closer and closer to the Lord, and it was just beautiful. And now this faith that I have, I will never leave, and I try to share it with everyone that I know because we all deserve to have this healing and this love in our lives, I feel like. Wow. You, you are uh, going to spread the good word for sure. Um, isn't that interesting? Uh, you know, people say, well, you should keep religion to yourself. You know, keep it quiet. It's, you know, you can have your beliefs and I have my beliefs and shouldn't talk about it in public. And yet if you discovered a great restaurant 
or went to a movie and thought it was the best movie you ever saw, you'd be telling all your friends about it. Yep, <laughs> yep, 100%. <laughs> and my children, too. My daughter, um, I remember one day she was in class um, with her teacher, Nathan, and she was talking about how she had a test coming up, and she was really, really nervous about her test. She just turned 10 years old today. Um, so this oh, was wow. uh, last year when she was, like, about nine and a half. And um, Nathan said, you know what, why don't you take your rosary with you to church and just meditate on that and pray on that before you go in to take your test. So she took the biggest rosary that we have. It's this huge rosary that we bought at a Mexican store here in town. And it's real uh, just bling-blingy, and it's so totally eye-catching. And she brought that in with her to class, and another little girl said, who's that on your on your rosary? What is that? And she said, well, the rosary you pray to the mother of Jesus. And she said, well, who's Jesus? The little wow. girl didn't even know who Jesus was. And my daughter's there evangelizing kids in her classroom. I was like, oh, my goodness. And we were brand new to the faith um, when she was doing that. So my kids totally share the Catholic faith with all their friends. My son came home one day and he goes, Mom, Mom, we got to... Um, we got to see the plant of, of the Virgin Mary. And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, the Rosary of Mary. And I said, oh, you mean Rosemary. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so my kids are just totally in love with their faith as well. And they, they can't wait until they can receive their sacraments. They're still a ways away. Um, my son was baptized, but my two oldest girls, they still have not this coming Easter vigil, but the next. And you're talking when you say Lori, you're talking about Lori Smith uh, yes. with uh, Saint yes. John, Saint John the Baptist. They're in uh, in Chico. Now you work you work uh, in Durham, is that right? Yes, we live here in Durham. Uh huh. And we we do we were attending uh, mass here, um, but now that all the kids are um, going through their uh, catechumenism, we ha- we go now to mass every Sunday um, over there in Durham that all the kids are together with the other uh, catechumenists that are studying. Mm-hmm. So, Lori launched this, uh, you know, she was, she's the director of RCA, but launched the Christian Initiation for Families, mm-hmm. which that that's a, a real interesting concept, isn't it? I mean, uh, because our faith is, uh, in, does very definitely incorporate family. Yes, and what was so interesting, too, is when my husband went in, he said, well, I already know everything. I already have all my sacraments. I know everything there is to know. And um, Lori said a lot of times people kind of get fed through uh, to their sacraments, and they don't take the time to necessarily go through everything in detail, and that's why we have this program now. And so when my husband came in, he was kind of hesitant, like, oh, I don't need this. And now that he's been there, he goes, wow, I'm learning so many things that I never was taught Um going through all his stuff when he went through it in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is amazing. Like, he's learned so much since he started with RCIA, too. And he's been Catholic since basically birth. Well, yeah, I, I uh, was born into the faith, uh, you know, went to catechism classes on Saturday morning <laughs> against my will <laughs> when I was a little kid. <laughs> you know, like, oh, praying to God that mom would sleep in and forget <laughs> <laughs> to wake us up. <laughs> Not sure God was going to answer that prayer, uh, but uh, um, and and yet I learned something every day. Yeah, it, 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 I couldn't it, believe how beautiful this faith is. I I feel kind of sad that it was not taught to me as a kid because my grandmother she was raised and uh, born into Catholicism. She was Irish, mm-hmm. um, and so they were all Catholic down her family line, and sure. then. She had one negative experience with the Catholic Church after I was born. Um, I wasn't accepted because my parents weren't married. And so because of that, she left the Catholic faith, and she wanted nothing to do with it. And my grandfather also was brought up Catholic and ended up leaving the faith and going to Christianity. And so I I remember telling Lori, man, I wish this would have been brought to me so much younger because it could have saved me from so much pain. I could have had the rosary on my side as my weapon and... You know, so many, my life could have been so many different things, but it's okay that it wasn't, and it just makes me appreciate what I have now even more. Uh, but I've, I've just blown away by how beautiful the Catholic faith is and about all the sacraments and everything we have. It's just truly beautiful and amazing. 
isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 pretty fabulous. We're very very. I feel very lucky, and yet my mom was a convert, and boy, there's nothing like living with a convert. Wow, <laughs> because yeah. because you know she willingly accept. I mean, I was baptized the day I was born. You know, I did. You know, I uh, I gave my consent, but you know, but <laughs> but, yeah. but it's different when you're, you're a convert. Um, she consciously decided that she this is what she wanted to do, and so she was. Uh, she was, well, I don't want to say she was a better Catholic than I was, but she was, uh, she was very steeped in the religion, you know, and that was fabulous. It was a fabulous example. Yes, and it, I just feel like the Catholic faith just brings families together more closely. Like, we can sit here at night and light our candles that we got when we got married, and my son's baptism candle, and we can pray the rosary together, and it's just such a comforting feeling knowing that we have that and that light in our house and it's just so healing and beautiful in in the herald you're quoted as saying um um contemplating holiness uh, tiffany defines it as love and the sharing of love and sharing thoughts of love for the preciosa family holiness is not an abstract or lofty desire but rather the uninhibited active practice of faith and love for christ it is wholeness balance and gratitude explain that a little bit well that's just that's all the teachings that we've had since we started is you know when we when we think about jesus what do we think well we just think love he's there he's that light he's that love inside of our hearts and we want to be more christ-like that's almost at every single mass what we're talking about is being more like christ well what was christ christ was pure love that's that's what he was and that's who he is He's just love, and he wants us to share that love with others. You know, accept your neighbor. Um, you know, even the people that you may not get along with and that are real hard people to understand, there's probably brokenness inside of them. And so what do they need to heal? They need love. They need love from others. They need understanding and comfort. And so for our family, that, that's who that's what our religion is to us, and that's who Jesus is to us. Yeah, you know, it's so beautifully put, uh, uh Tiffany and, and you know it's and even Jesus says that you know he says you know yeah it's easy to love the people that are lovable you know your right. your family your friends and he says you don't get you don't get many pats on the back for that but what about the people that aren't so lovable the people that are your enemy the people who who openly sort of are, are a, a thorn in your side what about them how, how he says love your enemy which I think is about the toughest thing he ever asked us to do. But mm -hmm. that's the only way uh, the world gets better. And oftentimes those people that are really hard on the outside, because I know from my own experience I was one of those people, um, I just now, since I've joined the faith, have a relationship with my mother. We had a very broken relationship. I ran away and left home when I was 13 years old. Um, and I was just angry. I was angry at the world for the experiences that I had gone through as a child. And I never processed that or took that to Jesus and asked him to heal that for me until a year ago. And now my mother and I are best friends. We have an upcoming surprise trip for my daughter's 15th birthday um, a week from today, actually. and uh, Or no, not today, a week from Friday. We're going together and um, we're taking her on a surprise vacation to Disneyland that she oh, has wow. no idea about. Yes, and for that to be something for me and my mom to do, that's, I mean, there's no other explanation besides God. My mom and I were not on talking terms. We hadn't spoken to each other for years. She came to my Catholic wedding. Um, she paid for all the services that we had, for the catering, for everything. She was a huge, huge part of the wedding. She was so excited for me, and we've just healed both of us. And we started with daily devotionals. Um, on the phone, I would call her and we'd pray together. And even though she's not Catholic, she's practicing as a Christian, we were still able to meet in the middle. And we picked out a really beautiful devotional to read out of every morning. And that's how we started healing. Um, and, I mean, there's, had I not come to the Catholic faith, I would not have a relationship with my mother. Unfortunately, my father's passed on. He died in 2015. Um, and I did have time a little bit to heal with him before he left. Um, but, I mean, he's, God has changed everything in my life. My marriage is stronger. My relationship with my children is stronger. 
and now I have this bond with my mother, the woman who gave me life that I wasn't even on speaking terms wow. with just a few years ago. Yeah. You should, you should go on the road and spread your message. That's 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 a, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, absolutely. You're also quoted saying, "In harmony, Tiffany, Angel, and the the children announce words they associate with their Catholic faith: healing, protection, family, joy, forgiveness, acceptance." We're all children of God. Tiffany expresses, calling to mind and restating what Lori often quotes: "We are you." Now that's Lori Smith. We are unique, precious unrepeatable manifestations of God's love. Uh, yes. Tiffany settling into the magnitude and holiness of this reality yields to her, yields to her heart and concludes, I guess I am learning that. We're all learning that, huh? Yes, we are. We are. Yeah. Any, any, support, anything I didn't support, ask you, yes. Tiffany, you want to share with us? No, just, uh, I was just going to say before I had heard, I had never heard that before until I met Lori. And after she's repeated it almost at every single uh, appointment that we've had together for RCIA, it really got into my head, and now I'm able to see other people in that light, too. Other people that, you know, I may think, gosh, you know, what's going on with this person? Now I can say, you know what, this is a child of God as well, even when I'm, you know, they may be pushing certain buttons, and I can take that and say, you know what, God, give me the strength to handle this situation right here, and let me pray for this person. Instead of being angry back and spreading that hatred back onto that person, I can say, you know what, they're going through something that I may not be able to see, but Jesus knows, and let me take it to him, instead of, you know, breeding more hatred into the world. We can say, you know what, that, that's a child of God right there, and let's pray for them. Let's just pray for them. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, it's, it's so true um, that everybody, we're all broken in some way, you know, yeah. and, and, and sometimes it manifests itself in not very attractive ways, mm-hmm. and and it turns people off. You know, I yeah. said, so, "Well, I'm not going to go near that guy. He brings me down, or you know, etc." And and it just makes it worse. The gap gets wider. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it makes it it makes it much more, much much more difficult. Well, Tiffany, it is just a joy to absolute joy to talk with you. Uh, your story is very inspiring, and your you know your words are going to affect a lot of people. So thanks for, thanks for taking the time to be with us. But thanks for taking your time uh, to sit down with the Herald and really, really pour your heart and soul out uh, for people to read. Uh, well, thank you also for giving me the time to come on to the show and um, speak to God for this whole experience and this journey that my family's gone through and continues to go through, and I just. Really, and so excited to see where this journey takes us for the rest of our lives, and um, I'm, I just, I'm so excited to have found the faith. Well, may the good Lord bless you and your family, and uh, everybody you come in contact with. Thanks, thanks so much. Uh, greatly appreciate it, Tiffany. Thank you, and God bless you as well. Thanks so much. Take care of that. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open Uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you... uh, Turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, 
individual spiritual direction and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength bow down and worship him now how great 